Hey, hey, everybody. It's Carla Renata, the Curvy Film Critic. We are back for episode 47. We got a, we got two special guests in the house, and somebody else made a command performance this week who's not sick. Stay tuned. Oh, hello, everybody. This is Carla Renata here at Black Hollywood Live with the Curvy Film Critic, episode 47. We are honoring the LGBTQ community, and we have a special guest in-house. But before we get to who the special guest is, I want to welcome back Scott Menzel, the other Scott M, this week back. Hi, dear. How are you? I'm good, dear. How are you? Good, good. Very, very good. Happy to be back. <laughs> good. And sitting next to him is one of our special guests, Mr. DJ Shangela Pierce. Hey, and hallelujah. How are you, honey, <laughs> on, this, on this fine Sunday evening? It is a very fine <laughs> Sunday evening, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. So I'm just going to tell people about you very quickly before we get into another special guest that we have, Miss India Moore from Pose on FX. So I became aware of you on RuPaul's Drag Race. I was loving me some Shangela on RuPaul's Drag Race. And oh. I'm a huge fan of that show. I watch it all the time. Thank you. Which season? <laughs> Child, no. All, you know, all, 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 all the seasons. I mean, I'm basically all All of them. the seasons you were on, wink, wink, wink. <laughs> but I, the very first season you were on. Yes. I watched that religiously. And I was like fascinated with I was fascinated with your makeup and your hair. Just oh, fascinated yeah. by that. Fascinated. And fascinated at the fact that with this reality show, you were able to not fall into that that trap of being nasty, ugly, catty, all that. You were never one of those kind of contestants, and you still prevailed anyway. So I wanted to congratulate you on that, because that says something about you Oh, well, thank you character. very much. I appreciate that. Yes, most definitely. So, um... We, we know you have a feature in Variety. We know that you are featured in A Star is Born, and we have so much more that we're going to talk about with you. But let's flip it back around to me for a second. Yes, call it <laughs> All right now. All right for the flip. Yeah, flip it back around to me for a second. So this past week, um, the other film, I belong to a film criti- a couple of film critics associations, one that Scott started called the L.A. Online Film Critics Society, but my other and my first film critics organization called African American Film Critics Association. They had their annual awards this week. And I was sitting backstage minding my own black business and was talking to Quincy Jones. So if you're watching on YouTube, you see this picture of Quincy Jones where he is talking to me. And I would love for y'all to hit me (laughs) up in the chat room and say what you think that picture captions because it was everything. I'm wearing a Monique Lillier dress. I pulled my hair up on my head. My hair was actually acting right that day. So I pulled my hair up on my head and did a little squiggly squiggly on the side. But I just wanted to give... Gil Robinson, some love with the AFCA um, for having me there for that. We were celebrating our 10th anniversary at the Taglian Complex, and it was a really great night. Yes, and what were you whispering to him? Shangela was robbed. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> well, he was actually whispering to me. You know what he was whispering to me? He was talking to me about um, his aunt in, that he said was from St. Louis, and he said that his aunt... Um, owned and operated a hotel, a very historic hotel in St. Louis called the Atlas Hotel. And he was telling me story after story after story about his aunt in the Atlas Hotel. That's what he was oh, telling wow. me in that picture. Wow. Awesome. It was really awesome. And then there was this moment that I have to say, because it was just comical, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up. So, <laughs> so at one moment, there was a young lady that had a rather large derriere, and <laughs> Mr. Jones happened, or Q, happened to see it. And he said, wow. That's a lot of butt over there. <laughs> he said, wow, that's a lot of butt over there. I bet she has a hard time navigating that. I thought I was going to fall off that chair. Oh, my I God. Hollered. I 
legend Quincy Jones. I, the legendary Quincy Jones, who is not known for biting his tongue. It was no. pure comedy. Pure comedy yeah. at best. But before we get to you, Shangela, yes. I want to talk about... Um, I was at Sundance at the Sundance Film Festival, along with Scott. Scott and his wife, Ashley, were there as well. And I had the most fabulous opportunity to sit down and talk with India Moore, who's on Poses FX. We, her and I talked about trans discrimination. We talked about politics. We talked about so, we talked about so many things. The interview was 30 minutes long. We wow. were only supposed to have like seven minutes. Me and Homegirl sat there for 30 minutes, and I edited it down to 12. And it still <laughs> is a little too long. But I want you guys to take a listen or take a look if you're on YouTube and check out this interview with Pose FX's Angel India Moore. That Pose is having in the television landscape and for the LGBT community in general. How how are you able to navigate that now? Because that's a different kind of attention than one would get in any other TV show. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Um, I think uh, Pose is a, a really powerful TV show. It's it's um it's it's impacted people in three dimensional ways. You know, uh, and I mean when I say three-dimensional ways, I mean, in multi-dimensional ways, like, it's not like when you watch a TV show and the action is good, mm. or, like, the drama is good, mm. or, like, that argument was interesting, mm. or, like, you know, it, it's like, this is something that really influenced the way people see each other in ways that reduce harm, mm-hmm. um, both by the self and by others, you know, this is something that brought families together, this is something that um, people who've caused harm to queer people get to see themselves in. And this is something that people who are queer get to see themselves in. Yeah, it's been it's been a groundbreaking series in the respect that is showing people of the community to be able to embrace themselves and how to deal with that when you're met with opposition. So yes. congratulations Thank on you. that. You know, yeah. I know that you guys gotta pick up the season two. I know you can't talk about season two, but how would you like to see your character how would you like to see your character evolve for season two without um, spoiling anything of course i definitely you know we we i i i want to see um i think trans people have opportunities to um see themselves outside of the positions we find ourselves in because we're marginalized because we um, don't have access to jobs in the same ways that everyone else does. Um, uh, you know, and, and this, you know, like love. Um, let me just stop you there. When you say don't have access to jobs like everyone else does, is there discrimination against trans in terms of applying for a job? Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. Like, know, is there I something think, on the application that says? I mean, there, there, it's it's so deep that like trans people don't even get an opportunity to like live with their families to even learn how to apply for jobs we don't even get like we get kicked out of our homes before we even see ourselves wow period so a lot of trans people end up becoming sex workers like we see with angel because we don't get to see ourselves outside of the fantasies of men Wow. You know, in so, a, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you get to, you try to make a living out of anything the best way that you can, you know, and I think um, 
that's that's like that makes me that 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 angers me it makes me sad but it also makes me invigorated and, and excited to see the change eventually come because it will come just like it's come for people of color with the civil rights movement it will come it yeah. may take a minute but like also when you see imposed like there's like um it it it, it, it analyzes privilege a little bit because like you see some characters get to work at like Patricia Fields some characters get to work you know as like a hostess and stuff but it's really because they you know like in the, in the ones that look the most cis mm-hmm. or like beautiful in cis ways are the ones that get more, the ones that get more opportunity yeah. and yeah. so like if you don't have those privileges of like being cis assumed you don't really get to work in places that cis people get to you know that other people you know everyone else gets to work at you know so um that's that's like there's like privilege around around um the places that people get to work um so a lot of trans people don't get hired because we don't know what to wear to a job interview like angel you know what i mean we don't know like you know you don't so it's like would you be in Two quest two last questions. Would you be interested in in pioneering a program that will help trans people to be able to make that transition? And the second part of that question, and lastly, is in a perfect world, in a perfect world, or even in a better world, if we could make the current administration flip their mindset around everything that they think and even the people that follow them or support them, if we could make them flip that around, what is the one thing that you would hope they could do to um, honor and inspire and encourage the trans community to make a better transition into life in that respect? So, like, there's two things. The first thing I think is that we need to not expect trans people to have to change anything about themselves to gain opportunity. I think the change needs to happen in the spaces where people are doing the the hiring. I think that's where the transition needs to happen. Mm -hmm. People need to change the way they hire people Mm -hmm. and how they judge people um, before they hire them. Um, I I do think that's more of the work that needs to be done. Like, it's Angel, you know, I mean, like, there's, like, I don't know if it was racism, I don't know if it was the way she was dressed, but Angel didn't get hired in the first episode from that job that she tried to get, um, you know, because of the way she looked, you know, and um, maybe it was because her hair was too black, maybe it was because her colors were too bright, you know, Um, but there was something about her that the employer felt like didn't belong. So employers need to change the way they hire people. I think that telling trans people that they're not enough is a tire is is a, is a tire. Like it's 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 something that we're already met with in many different ways. So I don't want to work from that component from that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do think that families need to do um, more internalized more internal interrogation as to why they kick out their children, why they keep their children from identifying with themselves, 
just enough that they can identify with their needs because if we don't have an opportunity to identify with our, with ourselves, we're not going to understand what our needs are, you know? Um, and so that that's that part. I do, I would love to create a program to help trans people to gain, I mean, there are already many programs that I want to empower, actually, yes. as opposed to just creating more. Mm-hmm. I would love to empower these programs that already help trans people to access mm-hmm. needs. Is like, there one in particular you have in mind? Um, there's NITAG, you know, um, Sylvia Rivera Law Project helps uh, trans people to change their, um, I mean, these are just programs that I know of in, in New York, you know, uh, helps trans people to change um, their uh, documentation to reflect their identities, their true identities. Um, um, you know, there are organizations that, like GLAD, that help to direct people right in the place I'm very that familiar they, with GLAD. You know, yeah. GLAD is a really incredible program. And I know, I know that there are homes... In some parts of the country, usually in major cities, there are um, they're, they're not transition homes. I don't know what you would call them, but they're foster homes. Or like, yeah, they're like foster homes. I mean, there needs to be work even in the foster care system. I had a horrible experience in the foster care system. I'm so sorry. Um, even in the LGBTQ program, you know. Um, so I think people who are hired, there needs to be more screening. People need to be more thoroughly educated. Um, you know, there needs to be more pe- people of color. Um, in uh, the directorial programs in foster in foster care um, uh, uh, agencies, politicians are, are. I mean, these are people that are representing people that they have no relation to. But there's a you know they don't have a relationship. But they're supposed to represent whether you're Democratic, Republican, Green, whatever the, whatever line or lane that you fall in. You're supposed to represent the American people because we pay our taxes for you to do that, right? They're supposed right. to represent us, but they're not doing it. Right, yeah, you know, um, I don't know. I think a lot, you know, they're suppo- you know people are supposed, are, shouldn't be poor in America. America has no. got too much money, you know what I mean? Like, you should never see there's anyone a lot living on the street in America. So much money being invested in the military, but yet trans people are being outlined as a burden. You know, um, and also most people who join the military join because they're poor, you know, because they need resources, not because they want to be out there fighting and sacrificing their life to a country that doesn't care about them. Mm-hmm. You know, like trans, a lot of trans people go to the military because they need access to resources. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go to the military because, not because they want to fight, like this country, not because they want to go out there and, and, and kill people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are people who go to the military because they do want to kill people. There are a lot of other people who need resources, who need who need a perp, you know, to who need access, you know, and the mili- That's how people end up in the military right. because we're poor and we don't have we don't have access right. to resources. Right. Like, nobody. No, no. But my thing is, at the end of the day, my life is at the mercy of your vote and your political opinion. Absolutely. And it's political because something about my life is now on the ballot. Right. You know, so it's like, and, and now you, who have no, you have no experience in what I'm going through, now you're voting on my right for something. Right. So now I have to labor myself in humanizing myself. I have to humanize myself. I have to do so much work to sell myself as a human being to convince you to let me have the same privilege of love freedom and safety as you do right. and access so that's the issue that we see with marginalized people and that's I mean look Stacey Abrams Stacey Abrams should have been the governor of Atlanta 
Girl, you we, know, we don't. We ain't even gonna get on that subject because we could talk about that all day. Stacey I mean, Abrams should have been the, the, the governor well, of Atlanta. I'm you know, so how much power do we have when voters are being disenfranchised? You know, when people's votes aren't being counted. You know, when politicians are just doing what they want to do at the end of the day. When power is being abused. You know, and 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 I mean, like, why we people need to interrogate why they don't want to see other people have the same access as they do. That's you know, a problem. It is a problem. It's so a it goes problem. deep, you know. Yeah. Why are we so obsessed with um, patrolling how trans people exist or queer people exist, who people love? Right. You know, why is that such an obsession? You know, so this is why I appreciate the medium of film and television because it helps people to interrogate these things about themselves. Absolutely. It helps people to empathize with people that they otherwise have no proximities to. Absolutely. And... That's important. It is. It's like this whole left and right thing. Mm-hmm. This whole conservative, liberal thing. Like, I think all of these words are giving us reasons to divide ourselves from one another. And I think, like, it's also equating people who want other people to have equal access to people who don't. And these views are not equal. No, they're not. You know? They're not. So, India... Thank you. I want to thank you so much for taking time out here at the Sundance Film Festival to talk to me. I'm the Kirby Critic at Black Hollywood Live. Hey! (laughs) Thank you so very much. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. I had, I had the absolute best time talking to her because. The conversation just flowed. And as I said, I had to cut it because it was so long and we talked about so many different things. Mm -hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised at how deep and thoughtful and insightful India was. She taught me so much that day. So thank you, Miss India. I hope you get a chance to see this online. Yay! She's a real sweetheart. I met her recently at an Out 100 event here in L.A. And she also, you're exactly right, she is very in touch with uh, the issues that are affecting her community. And she's also really great on the show. And gorgeous as well. absolutely. (laughs) I saw some pictures of her online where that hair is flowing and cascading in the wind. Yes. I'm like, yay! And I feel like she's on the cover of Teen Vogue or Teen, one of the magazines mm-hmm. uh, right now. I just saw a beautiful cover art. She's doing a fantabulous job. Well, now we're going to flip it back around to you, DJ. What? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So this is Oscar season. Oscar award season. <laughs> Excuse me. And one of the films that has gotten a lot of buzz, a lot of attention, winning a lot of awards is a Star is Born. Oh, and I'm in that one. And you're yes, in that one. Yes, 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 yes. Well, it's, it, I mean, if anyone has not seen the film, I say go and see it immediately. It is such an awesome film, so well done, and I'm so proud to be a part of this project with, like, great people who were great to work with on set, and uh, this is a really cool moment. Yeah. So talk to us about how you got in A Star is Born? Like, did they call you? Did you seek out the role? Like, what happened? Well, uh, when they had the audition come across, I was very excited to be able to audition. But uh, originally, the role was a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. And uh, I was like, look, no matter how much time I spent out of the sun, honey, I ain't gonna look like no Marilyn Monroe. So, you know, I'm a drag queen. You know, we do a lot of roles as an actor. You try to, you know, dive into different things. But I didn't feel like that was gonna be an obvious fit. So, um, I remember uh, not going in for the role. However, 
Um, I got a call from an actually an email from Bobby Campbell, who's Gaga's amazing manager. And he and I had met at an event, and he sent me an email and just said, um, I hear LG, and I hear that you didn't go in for the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would really like to see you for this role. <coughs> she feels like you'd be a good uh, a fit. And I was like, oh, honey, if LG, <coughs> Lady Gaga. <laughs> if- <laughs> oh, okay, who LG? <laughs> honey, there's only one LG. If uh, if Lady Gaga asked me to come in, you go in. So I found the nearest blonde wig, white little Maryland dress, and I went in and sang uh, I Want to Be Loved by You. And I remember I got... Uh, a call from my agent the next day, and he said, you didn't get the Maryland role. And I was like, oh, oh, I just knew. You know, I felt something good about it. Mm-hmm. But he goes, they liked you so much in the room and your conversation and what you brought. They would like to actually offer you a larger role that actually has dialogue as the bar owner. And I was like, what? what? So that was really cool. We filmed it. We shot it. It was amazing. They were Everyone was so great. But you never know what's actually going to make it in a film. So I really didn't tell anyone. Because you didn't, didn't want to be embarrassed. No, I've already been that, down that road, girl. I was in a movie called R.I.P.D. once. I shot a role where I... That's Jeff, okay. That's, yeah. right. That's okay. It was, it was Jeff Bridges, and he morphed in the in one of the scenes in R.I.P.D. He morphed into, because they were aliens, shapeshifter aliens. Scott has seen this movie. That's why he's shaking his yeah, head and going, that's no, okay. You're, you're and, Apparently didn't do that well at the box office, but uh, I still get them twenty cents, twenty six cent checks. Okay, <laughs> but uh, it, when I when the movie came out, I called my mom and said, "Go see it because Jeff Bridges morphs into me as Shangela." And my mom called me after she saw it, and she goes, "Baby, you're not in that movie." And I was like, "No, mom, I'm in drag. You probably didn't recognize me." And she's like, "No, baby, trust me. I stayed to after the credits. You are not in that Nuh-uh, movie." Nah, mama didn't say that. Yeah, she did. She did. She sat there in the theater. That's my mom. So, um, so uh, I didn't say anything about the film. And then we were at the London premiere, and actually, I'd flown my mom over, and we uh, went there. It was her first time at a premiere, and mine, and the film like this. Went in, sat, and watched the movie. And I remember every scene that we shot for this film. Thankfully, every scene was in the film. And seeing it on screen and hearing people talk about it after, they've always just said, you know, it just comes off so authentic. Like if you've ever been in a drag bar or have you ever been in a dressing room with the girls this is how it sounds it sounds like you know someone took the time to make it authentic and also bradley cooper who's an amazing director was also very open to us sprinkling our own you know authenticity onto it now you know what's interesting about that scott and i were at the toronto international film festival and we were part of a round table of digital journalists and that was one of the things i can't remember if i asked it or who asked that question somebody asked the question about why that was included because there were all these different things that Bradley did with this version mm-hmm. of A Star is Born to make it unique unto itself because it is literally part of a franchise. This is the fourth uh, remake of that, I mean, third remake of the first the first film. So I I peeped that. I was like, I kind of <laughs> love this because that La, La Vian Rose. Yes. Oh. oh, yes. And you know, every time that Gaga would do it, they would say, all right, we're going to turn the cameras, we're going to do it again. I was like, yes, because it was basically free tickets front row to a Lady Gaga concert because she sang live every time she did it. And oh. she was so passionate and she's so interested. She's such a good entertainer. But she also is so sweet and humble and like just open. Her energy and her spirit is open to you when she sees you, when she meets you. And I remember when it was done.
done, she gave everyone on the cast a white rose. She went around and gave out Aww. these white roses. She's like, thank you for being here for these days shooting in this bar because it means a lot to me that you guys are part of this film. I'm so not surprised that she was like that because no. she was like that with us. When no. we finished the round table, she stood by the door and she hugged and had a conversation. Not just hugged and said thank you, but hugged and had a conversation with every single solitary person that was a part of that roundtable interview. Mm-hmm. She's a very gracious, extremely talented and gifted young woman. She just won the BAFTA today. Yes, for, that's my um, Gaga. Best song. So shout out, girl. I told you, I, <laughs> Lady Gaga, if you were watching this girl, I told you I would see you at the Oscars. And, and I was right. I just had to say that Love to it. the camera and on the mic. I just had to say that. So I'm glad to know that that was such a positive experience for you. And the way that you got the part was so serendipitous. You must be so proud. I'm just, I'm very thankful and very happy. I've always wanted to work as an actor in Hollywood. That's the reason I, you know, uh, I worked in PR a couple years uh, after graduating from college in Dallas. Oh. And I was working the cubicle life, and I, but I was still, you <laughs> know, even life. an entertainer, <laughs> in, even with that. And I remember the CEO, I worked for TGI Fridays in the corporate <laughs> office. And the CEO of Fridays at the time, Richard Sneed, uh, said to me after one of our Halloween contests because we used that they would have like a Halloween costume contest, but I turned it into a pageant and talent show. Of course you did. And I had backup dancers and a number. Not and backup dancers. Yes, and I remember he told me he said, "Listen, uh, we love you here at Fridays. Love you here at Fridays. But but if you ever wanted to work as an entertainer, now's your time." You oh, should wow. go to you should go to Hollywood. You should go there and do it now. You can always fall back on your career in PR. But, but we love you. I'm not trying to get rid of you. But right. he's like, take it from me. If this is your passion, and I can see it, he goes, I can see it in you. You love to entertain. If that's what you want to do, you should go there, and you should go now. And honey, I started saving up money at that time, and I saved it for six months. And then six months later, I quit my job, packed up my Explorer, and moved out west to L.A. So to now be here in this moment, you know, and trust me, there's been a road. I worked in background work. I, you know, had two, three jobs at a time. When I quit my job to go and, you know, do RuPaul's Drag Race, I went in season two thought I was going to win $25,000. I thought you was going to win, too. Yeah, well, I was right there they with sent you. me home first. Shangela should have won, won, RuPaul. I'm very I'm sweet. just saying. But, you know, I had a journey, and I had a road, and that's why I always tell people, don't, don't give up on the journey. How, and it can get hard, and it can get rough, and, but as long as you still try, just try and figure out a way to make it work, however you make it work is mm-hmm. the way you make it work. Mm-hmm. And, and there is no real, um, you know, this is a great moment right now, but tomorrow this could all be gone. But I love being an entertainer no matter what. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, is the best joy for me. Just, you know, it's great to be celebrated and, and have these great moments, but still have a great passion for what I'm doing and feel like, yes, the work I put in has meant something, and here I am today. I'm so happy. I'm so thankful for everyone who's always supported me. I'm happy that you're here today, too. I what, really am. What has been, like, your, your... Have you had any struggles along the way? I mean, it seems like people have been very... Excited. Accepting. Oh, you. yeah, but no, there have been struggles. Let's talk. Well, first of all, I grew up in a small town called Paris, Texas. So I know what to, Paris, Texas oh, is. Oh, girl, the big times, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I go back there a lot, and, and I love uh, being from Paris, but when you grow up in a small town, a lot of people don't make it out. 
-hmm. you know, and I knew that I, I always wanted to uh, make it out. I remember watching planes fly over my grandma's house, and I would look up, and I'd be going, one day I'm going to fly on one of those, one day. And just last year, you know, I did a tour all in 2018, 184 cities around the world. I've now hit a, the Million Miler Club on Delta. I've wow. flown a million miles. So to, Yay. like, have that dream and then make it happen, you know, the first struggle was growing up in a family that didn't have a lot of resources, that we didn't have a lot of money, but I had a big dream, and I really enjoyed being in school and education, which helped me to get out. I got a full-ride uh, leadership scholarship to SMU in Dallas. Mm. So that got me there. The second struggle, I would guess, is, you know, finding the courage to quit your job and stability and, like, you know, everyone helped me to get to college, and I graduated, and I went to work, and that's what you do. You help your family. And now I'm going to throw it all away to go be an actor in L.A. You know, I had to explain that to my mom, but she's always been super supportive of me, and I've been thankful for that. The other struggle is, you know, I broke a leg on stage. I was doing a death drop in New York City. You know, my classic move that I taught on dance floor. Yes. <laughs> I, I know the death one drop. Halloween, honey, I went up for the leg, and I came down. I hit a prop on the way down Ooh. and landed and broke the tibia and fibula bones. They wow. snapped out the side of the leg. Ooh. And while, and you know, of course, me, I still try to finish the number. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> So, but I had to, you know, they had to take me to the hospital. I was in the hospital for three weeks. They put a titanium rod in my lower right leg, two screws in the knee, two in the ankle. I literally had to go from walking on a, um, a walker to crutches to the boot to, you know, all that thing and, and going through physical therapy. But the doctor said I wouldn't be able to dance again for like eight months. Honey, I went back on tour in four. And it's because... You had intense physical yes, therapy. You had to have it. Because I had knee replacement. So I know what all of yes, that is. I know. So I was like, you talking about four months? I'm like, what? Yeah, what? Yeah. Well, you know what? The other thing was, I just... And, you know, I'm back to death dropping people. Michelle Visage from... Drag I Race know Michelle Visage. She says, why are you so stupid that you go out there and still fall down like that? And I'm like, well, it's a dance move that I love. But also, um, I didn't want that moment to define who I was as an entertainer. I didn't want that moment and the fear to take, you know, what I have on stage, which is fearlessness, mm. confidence, Beyonce. You know, Beyonce, Beyonce you said, fell down a flight of stairs. You said fearlessness, Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you made Beyonce an adjective. That is yes, hilarious. You got to feel Beyonce today, yes. <laughs> Feeling very Beyonce. Well, speaking of Beyonce, just like Beyonce has been featured in Variety, so have you. Yes. You have a nice little feature in Variety, and it's a feature called Scene Stealer, which is what you are. Oh, that's right. In every kind. scene that you're in, you was a scene stealer on Drag Race, you was a scene stealer in A Star is Born, and you... You were at the SAG Awards with Bradley and, and LG, as you like to call her. My homegirl. Yep, and just <laughs> yesterday, or a couple of days ago, a cameo dropped of you and Ariana Grande's new single, NASA, right? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, don't I get saw, me started. You I saw your talk tweets. About, I saw your you tweets. You want to talk about somebody having the best week, month, year ever. That would be me. You know, I've always had these great dreams in life, and it's just wonderful to see them all coming true, but I think it's not... I talk about going out there and doing the work, and that's very important, but also I think a very important thing that's helped me to get these uh, opportunities in my life is be a good person. Mm. And I hope to inspire other people to do that and, and be a nice person. And, and it's a journey to learn how to, you know, control your emotions and, and but also just give from your heart and be sweet. And that's what I think has been great that people like Lady Gaga, uh, her manager, or I recently got to work with Taraji P. Henson, which I was so wow. excited about um, for uh, a promo for What Men Want, her film. And now Ariana Grande, because I feel like hopefully I 
I give them an open energy where they feel comfortable with me and we get to collab. So, Ariana, so, real quick. I <laughs> He's like, so, so I said that, but now let me get to Ariana. So, but, you know, I, um, my really good friend, Frankie Grande, who's Ariana's brother, uh, he and I, we've done a lot of programs together. We did a fundraiser for the AIDS Life Cycle uh, ride. He's awesome. And we were having dinner in New York, and she texted him and was like, hey, bro, come to the studio. He's like, I have Shangela with me. We had met earlier that year at Wango Tango. She's like, bring her. So I'm like, he's like, you want to go to the <laughs> studio, Ariana? Of course I do. So we go over there, and she was so sweet, and she's working on the new album, and she's playing you know, tracks from mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, oh, because I heard Thank You Next way before y'all. <laughs> <laughs> don't brag, don't you know, brag. I, don't know, I was living, I was living. <laughs> but, um, you know, she played NASA for me, which was a sickening track, if you haven't heard it. It's so good. And um, at the end of it, uh, I was telling her, oh, I live, and I am already know, you know what I'm going to do in my version. She was like, your version. And I was like, oh, girl, it's got to say, you know, I'm just saying, you know, in the drag version, I'm going to come out with a space suit and a female thing, and I'm going to come out, and I'm going to say, this is one small step for woman, one giant leap for womankind. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God, you have to say that again right here on my voice notes. And I was like, ooh, let me get ready. And she was like, girl, you ain't on camera. Just do the voice. <laughs> she was really, really sweet and to, uh, to be a part of uh, one of I think one of her greatest albums today. If you thank you next is so good. Like the music is so good. If there are bops, there are ballads. Like I, I'm just over the moon. Look at you being a commercial for Ariana Grande. <laughs> I live, I live. I will start singing. I'm a biggest thing. I, I can't sing like her because she be running. A, girl, you sit next to her and she just start running notes and you be like, <sighs> just like it ain't nothing. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now you went back to your roots recently with the uh, RuPaul Drag Race. You did the holiday special, right? Oh, the holiday. <laughs> oh yes, honey. They got Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> and you have some dates coming up for yourself. Yeah. Uh, in, I think March 2nd, you got something going on? Yeah, last year, you know, I did. I was uh, somewhere different in drag every other day. 184 cities, the largest single queen tour of any of the drag race girls <laughs> in history. It's a single queen tour. Yeah, I love so that. single queen. <laughs> but uh, this year, I'm focusing more on being back here in L.A. <laughs> to hopefully work more in television and film. But mm-hmm. I do have some dates uh, on the calendar that I'm mm-hmm. going to be popping up at. One of those, specifically, is March 2nd. I'm going to be doing my one-woman show show, uh, Shangela is Shook, uh, which is a 90-minute show uh, that I do. It's it's high energy, it's fun, it's funny, and it's going to be at Cathedral, which is about 30 minutes outside of Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping everyone will come out and check that one out. And for the rest of my dates, you can go to Shangela.com and we have everything there. Okay, cool. Now, since we also are coming up on Valentine's Day, and this is such a busted segue, and I apologize. I live for love. Come on, get a love segue. Well, you know. Well, there was a a certain kind of love that resulted in something that was not so pleasant. So I think almost, I want to say maybe 15 years ago, there was this chick named Lorena Bobbitt. You may have heard of her. Oh, oh slice and dice. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Yes. Oh, Lord. How, how, does she, how does she switch to that? I don't know, but it'll help out the tucking process She's a like, lot. like, we're going to talk about love. How about Lorena Bobbitt? <laughs> because Le- Jordan Peele, who we all know from Get Out and his association with uh, on Comedy Central... He is the executive producer of a docuseries that's coming on Amazon Prime this week on February 15th uh, called Lorena, simply called Lorena. And I had the pleasure, (laughs) I don't know if it was the pleasure or what it was, but the pleasure of watching the first episode of it. Let me tell y'all something. It was pure comedy. It was funny. Like, you wouldn't think of watching 
a first episode of a docuseries on Lorena Bobbitt to be funny, but this yeah. is, but this is why I was I was tee hee ha ha. <laughs> so the reason I laugh is because at some point all of the the crime scene detectives and um, the policemen involved with that the night of they are all trying to figure out what she did with with the appendage as they like to call it uh-huh. because nobody felt comfortable saying what it really is yes. which was so funny to me I'm like well, it's so prudish but they call <laughs> so they call it for sake of whatever they call it the appendage they thought she had swallowed it what <laughs> that's what I'm saying I laughed Ooh, they thought that the police officers <laughs> thought she had swallowed it because when they went to look for it at the apartment where the crime took place they couldn't find it in the apartment they couldn't find it in the car they're like well she must have swallowed it which that in itself just sounds gross <laughs> so they were and at, talented right <laughs> and so they interview her and they talk to her about it and they're like well, what did you do with it? What did you do with the knife? And she she put the knife in a trash can behind the beauty shop where she worked. They found that, and they were like, okay, but what did you do with the appendage? And she said, I threw it out of the car. And they were like, do you know where you threw it out of the car? And she's like, I don't know. Some I don't know. I, she said, I know what road I was on, and it was across from a Seven Eleven. Turns out she threw it in this grassy area. When I tell y'all the whole way that that whole... I'm giving you the abridged version. But the whole manner in which all of that is divulged is pure comedy. It's not funny what happened to John Way Bobbitt. It's certainly not funny what happened with her and how she was quote-unquote victimized in the in the process of mm. it all. But it's funny to me that they're calling it an appendage. They're talking about throwing it in the grassy area. <laughs> they're talking about this one, de- the detective that found it in the grassy area, wouldn't touch it, wouldn't look at it. He would just go like this with his finger and point down to the grass and had somebody else pick it up. And then there was the challenge that they had of trying to figure out what to do with it. They had, they it was a matter, they could reattach it, but it was a matter of urgency of what to do with the appendage for them to be able to attach it. So they went across the street to the 7-Eleven and put, oh, it, put it in a hot dog bag on ice. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's comedy to me. Yes. Somebody else might not think it's so funny, <laughs> but what's not funny is that she supposedly or allegedly was a victim of domestic abuse um, and some other things that went down. But if you guys want it, so the streaming pick of the week mm. in honor of Valentine's Day oh, yeah. <laughs> is Lorena on Amazon Prime <laughs> on February 15th. <laughs> And then one last thing I want to say before we go, um, there is this other movie that came out in, again in the auspices in the aura in the lane of love. Um, Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem are married, right? Uh-huh. So they got together and they did this film together called Everybody Knows, and it's kind of like a a sleuth mystery version thing of a film that was translated from another language in, into Spanish. Mm-hmm. The only reason why that film kind of halfway works is because of Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. Oh, they're hot. They're Mm -hmm. hot. So it's worth it just to see them because they are beautiful, lovely, gorgeous people and their chemistry on screen is unmatched and just palpable. But the film, at best, is uh, it's okay. Remember when mm-hmm. they were pushing this at TIFF and they wanted yes. it to be an Oscar movie? Yes, And then yeah, they no. were like, nah, we're no, not. It's, we're not it's, it's definitely yeah. not going to be an Oscar movie. <laughs> but um, I wanted to just say, Shangela, DJ Pierce, I'm so glad that I finally got you here. Oh, it was my life's mission to get you here. I really, I love you, 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 love you to death. And I especially love when I go over to my good girlfriend, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lewis's house, and you happen to be there. So. Yes, oh, honey, <laughs> I am there i am there and i'm so excited you know jen has been doing so great and with her book the mother of black hollywood as well so mm-hmm. we're off to new york next week actually she's performing her one woman show at the uh, kennedy 
center. You better uh, be plugging Jennifer yeah, Lewis. So Jennifer Lewis, good. we are plugging you here at the Kirby Film hello, Critic. Hello. <laughs> but I love media. I, not media. I, we've hung out. It's good to see you it's here. It's good to see you Thank here. Thank you for having me. Scott, thank you so no, much as well. an honor. Thank you. Cool. So, in closing, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Tell everybody about your show. Yes. Please. Okay, so here we go. You know, hallelujah, hallelujah, and hallelujah. You can find me online. I'm at It's Shangela on Instagram and Twitter. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shangela online and my website, Shangela.com. Come see me on the show March the 2nd at the Cathedral outside Atlantic City and check out the website for all the other dates. We're going to have a good time all year long. Here's to bigger, broader, and better. Hallelujah. And check, hallelujah, check out Shangela, <laughs> a.k.a. DJ Pierce and the Stars Born and Working we find you, Scott? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M or at WeLiveEntertainment.com. And Hello. you can find me, your host, Carla Renata, at The Curvy Critic across all social media platforms. You can also find any reviews that I write or speak about here at The Curvy Critic on Rotten Tomatoes. Hello! Hey! <laughs> and on my site, TheCurvyFilmCritic.com. Right after this at 6 o'clock, I will be over at AfterBuzz TV doing the General Hospital Report or the General Hospital After Show. But until next week, y'all, we will see you then for episode 40 of the Curvy Film Critic with Carla Renata. Until then, love, peace, and hair grease. Until the next time. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.